Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to pick up on our conversation from last week with Libby Bennett, who we are talking about with regard to frameworks and solutions for tackling cybersecurity threats. We had spoken to her several months ago regarding cyber insurance and about the truth and myth of managing cybersecurity risk. I'm so excited to continue this discussion, and it's my pleasure to welcome her back to the show. Libby is currently the president of Cybersecure Work, Inc., a cybersecurity, privacy, and insurance consulting practice located in Maryland. She has been in the insurance and reinsurance industry for over 30 years. Libby spent time at Beasley Insurance Group as the U.S. lead treaty underwriter for specialty lines products, including cyber liability. Before that, she held various senior treaty underwriting positions, managing professional lines, employment practices, and cyber liability with General Reinsurance, Inc., a Berkshire Hathaway company. She has also worked for Zurich in primary underwriting of various property and casualty products. In the mid-1990s, Libby became a licensed Maryland attorney and worked in private practice. She served as chair of the Emerging Issues Committee of the Torts and Insurance Practice Section of the ABA. She is also a member of the Minnesota Lawyers Mutual Board of Directors. Through the International Association of Privacy Professionals, Libby is a certified information privacy professional and certified as a privacy information manager. It is my pleasure to welcome Libby back to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So we left off in our last segment talking about frameworks and roadmaps for our listeners to think about cybersecurity. And I think it's a really good segue into our next question, which is what areas of cybersecurity, in your opinion, need to be evaluated by organizations? Yeah, so this is a great question. Whether or not a particular area is evaluated depends on how complex the system architecture is for a given firm, but we'll go over the the general categories of things that get evaluated in, in assessments. They are things like what's the organizational structure and leadership team of a company. We look at what is the regulatory environment and what are the requirements. So we talked in our previous segment about payment card industry compliance or healthcare compliance. If we were looking at a company that, you know, was in, was in financial services, we would be looking at what's the regulatory environment of their financial regulator, what's the regulatory environment for, you know, the employees that they have, et cetera. So we would look at that and what those requirements are in terms of what kind of uh, security they need to have in place. We would also be looking at what are the assets of this company? What are the crown jewels that need to be protected for this organization? And what are the processes that are around the control to keep track of those assets? And so we would be looking at that dimension. We would look to see if there was any risk management plan in place. What are those processes, the risk management processes? What are their procedures? Who is responsible for the identification of an event? Who's responsible for mitigating 
and dealing with cybersecurity or implementing or deploying or maintaining the operational risk of the company. We would be looking at all those things. And we would also then evaluate the cybersecurity policies that are that company might have and how they've been implemented or how well they've been implemented, I should say. System architecture might be reviewed as well as its structure. If that were relevant to the size of the company, we would look at the network. We would look at their wireless. We would look at what their infrastructure looks like. If they develop software, we would be looking at what their software development processes look like. We would be evaluating what kind of configuration management is in place. How do they authenticate that the person that's coming into that area of the network is authorized to do so? So what kind of authentication of the user is there? What kind of user access there is? What kind of computing platforms might be used? So if you're using artificial intelligence or other types of computing platforms, your servers, your software, your data handling, we'd look at your continuity of operations plan and disaster recovery. That would be part of your risk management. We'd be looking at kind of what do we have around personnel because you can have insider threats. And then finally, we'd be looking at the physical security of the company. So as you can see, that's, that's a lot of areas to tap into to evaluate for an organization, even if you're a small one. Those are a lot of you know, areas to, to take a look at. That, that list you just rattled off is pretty comprehensive and I would imagine requires a lot of diligence and a lot of time and effort to really get to the bottom of each of those facets. It can. And again, this depends on the complexity of a company. So if you're, if you're, let's say you're a 14-person law firm and you're using a managed service provider, in these evaluations, a lot of times you're, you've got technical people who can answer those questions. So sometimes we're evaluating the, the management posture and sort of their attitudes about things, but we're also looking at the technological side. So there are people typically at an organization who could be tasked to, to provide feedback in those areas. So it can take as short as a half a day or as long as, you know, a week, depending on how complex you are. So I I wanted to just shift gears here for a second and ask you what business leaders, as well as the, you know, everyday employee in an organization can do to get more information on this topic. You know, as we discussed in our last segment, it's really important for people to be focused and aware of what they're doing in the moment, whether it's looking at emails and seeing a bunch of attachments, clicking through various links, or whether it's other potential sources of compromise to their own personal accounts or their work accounts. What can both business leaders as well as every employee do to become more aware of what the threats are and what they're supposed to do in the moment if they think they're in the middle of a cyber breach? Yeah, so let's take let's take the first one. So essentially you need to go through an evaluation process. There are different types of evaluations. So partly you need the leadership of an organization has to decide what is the purpose of the evaluation? Is it to understand if the company's practices are following best practices or are you seeking to determine if the company has any vulnerabilities or do you want to understand how well your company can respond to that? There are different questions and different tools you use depending on 
what that purpose is. And so at a high level, your, your leadership team has to understand this is really an ecosystem. So we just went through almost 25 different subject areas with, which can be evaluated to provide uh, the leadership the tactical things that can be done. And educating employees, which is one of the ones you mentioned, is one of those very, very important, low-cost, high-value activities that can happen. And if you're able to train employees and teach them, you know, what to do in the event of something that they are, are, you know, have suspicion around, that's a very low cost, but very impactful way to reduce exposure to a phishing email, for example. So that's, that's a great piece of feedback that when you go through one of these evaluations, if you're, if you didn't have a training program in place, that evaluator would come back to you and say, okay, this is something you can do. Here's a module you can use with your employees. So viewing the topic, the whole area of cybersecurity is really an ecosystem and also understanding that different companies have different levels of maturity. So some companies with your IBM, you're going to have probably the highest level of security practices in place. If you're a two-person law firm, you may have the least mature practices in place. So it's not just size. It's just sometimes it's the level of sophistication of the leadership, but they're all different levels of cyber maturity. So if, if we start sort of from that perspective, then we want to make sure that, that companies are able to identify what their assets are, how to protect them, how to detect them, how to respond if they get attacked, and then how do they recover. So we really want to understand that and where their, where their capabilities are and where their gaps are. And once we're able to establish the capabilities and the gaps, we can then provide what is the remediation plan or the opportunity for a company to you know, shrink the gaps and increase the capabilities. How do we do that? We do that through providing feedback to them and giving them what is the risk associated with the gap. So not all gaps are equal. Like we mentioned here, training employees, if you don't have that in place, you know, that's a, a, an important gap that you want to close. And it, it's not very expensive to do, you know, but it has a high impact. So we want to help business leaders understand you know, where those gaps are and then how do you close them and, and what's the right priority order so, so you can determine whether that's something you want to invest in. So we want to provide sort of a risk-based feedback loop to, to the management team so they can understand. And then that way, managers can evaluate um, what plan they want to put in place and, and determine the proper mix of cybersecurity improvements or maybe they want to buy insurance to mitigate the financial risk to a company if in a that occurs. So they have the dials, if you will, they'll have the tools with which to make, you know, informed business decisions. That's all really great advice. And, you know, it, it's everybody in the, in the organization is a critical part of making sure that a company stays secure. You know, I think we talked about this in the last interview that we did, that I have a, a, some level of experience with my practice and also advising and bringing others in who practice in the cybersecurity area and just having clients that have been through breaches. And it's really important to realize that there are simple safeguards that we can all keep in mind. And it really starts with all of us 
who are employees of an organization just taking very simple safeguards to try to make sure that the organization, that their network stays safe. Little things that become big things, like, for example, making sure when you travel that your, that your computer stays secure, that you don't relinquish control of your computer. Also making sure you power your computer down every time after you use it, particularly when you're hooked up to the network, because in my experience, having had a power down computer, when I've had to work with organizations that have experienced cyber breaches, that can make the difference between your computer infecting the network and your computer getting infected and not. So little steps like that, that are actually pretty significant when it comes to making sure that the organization's network stays safe. Yeah, I mean, if you're able to talk a little bit more about maybe some of your experiences with clients um, who, who may have gone through a breach, can you share with the listeners your view about the human impact that the, that the breach has on your, your clients or, or organizations you might have been working with? You know, it's incredibly important to keep in mind, first of all, how important it is as, as as we've been talking about making sure everybody stays mindful and focused on what they're doing. It's important to take some of the safeguards that I just mentioned into account when you're either working on your client's network or working on your own, like especially if you're on site working with clients. You know, it's interesting that When you are in the throes of a breach, and I've had some experience with working with folks in that context, um, sometimes people are pretty paralyzed and don't really know what to do. And I think it's important to make sure that you are well apprised of what the protocols are in place when you suspect a breach, because time's of the essence when you are in the middle of an event like that. And also keeping a a calm and cool head about you when you think you're in the throes of that type of an event. I have had the occasion to work with clients and help them as they're trying to navigate through figuring out what happened during a breach and helping to be part of the solution, whether it's advising them on what to do both immediately as well as in the shorter term, as well as being on site to help them get some of their employees back online and trying to figure out um, how to move on from the event and what to put in place that may need to be remedied after the event has taken place. So it, it, it's one of those things where in the moment, it's really important to have some idea of what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to contact and to have that cyber response protocol in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I I certainly have uh, not personally worked with putting somebody back, you know, come back online when they've had a breach, but I've seen a number of the claims scenarios come through where that's happened and talking with our uh, breach response team and claims people just sort of like the how helpful it is to have a bunch of professionals ready to assist you, which is what purchasing insurance, cyber insurance does, is, you know, you don't have to then have to try and figure out from the beginning, oh my gosh, you know, where's my privacy lawyer, where's my uh, forensic uh, computer investigators, you don't have to do all that because it's all built into the insurance that you buy typically. And so, you know, I think all of those points are really well met. And 
it does take an emotional toll on people when they have to go through that process. Well, especially when you don't know exactly what's going on and you know something's wrong, but you don't really know exactly where the genesis of the problem is. You don't know how extensive it is. You know, that's why it's really critically important. I I can't emphasize enough how important it is to do things like make sure you're very careful with your computer. And when you're traveling to certain places, you don't want to be bringing your everyday computer with you because if someone steals your computer, they can wreak havoc on your life and your organization's life. And just making sure, again, that you do things like power down your computer, that you lock it up when you're away from your workstation because you never know for certain where the threats may come from. Yeah, well, you know, the Maersk case is exactly, you know, is a great representation of that. Maersk got infected with the virus and the shipping company and basically all the computers on the network were brought down and there was only one computer, which was located a laptop in Africa, that was not on the network when when it hit. And um, basically, Maersk had to restore their um, entire system off that laptop. So, you know, your point is very, very well taken to understand the power of these, you know, individual devices we have and how they can both be helpful as well as can be the source of uh, issues for a company is really important. So switching gears on how to be proactive and getting an evaluation as to where an organization currently stands in terms of its cybersecurity protocols and how effective those measures would be in the event of a cyber event. What, if our listeners want to get an evaluation, where can they go and how do they know which one is appropriate for their organization? Yeah, good question. So, this is an industry who is still, you know, somewhat in its infancy. You know, when we were talking about the different frameworks um, and models and governmental regulatory schemas and all that, these are all attempts at various people and experts around the country trying to come up with ways to help companies get secure. So as a result, your listeners could be forgiven if they don't necessarily understand the difference between some of the tools that are out there. So I may have mentioned that, you know, you have to start with what is your purpose to get an evaluation of your current cybersecurity? What is the purpose? Is the purpose to show that you're in compliance with some regulatory scheme? So you have some regulator that you need to show this to or that you have to show your an industry standard? Or are you trying to understand is your company following best practices? Or are you trying to see if you have any vulnerabilities? These are different pieces of the the pie here and different tools get used as a result and different participants get used. So if you're going through an audit process, for example, there are people who have been certified to be able to come in and do an audit on something against a specific standard. So if you think about ISO 27001, there are people or, or in the accounting industry, there's the standard operating controls for cybersecurity there are accountants that are certified to be able to come and do these specific audits. So they're looking, those audits are looking to verify compliance with that standard. They're looking at the organization or the product or the system against that standard and trying to validate whether those requirements have been met and then they provide you a certification. That's useful if what, for example, you have to do is to show your business partners that 
let's say you're providing software to your business partners and they want to know that they can always have access to that software. You might have a SOC for cybersecurity done where your auditor comes in to determine whether you're following the policies and procedures that you say you are so that your software is always available to its clients. That might be one example. That is not an evaluation of the firm's cybersecurity. That's an evaluation of the, you know, the compliance component of a subset of what they do. Assessments are a little bit different. You might use uh, outside consultants to come in for uh, doing assessments. They're really trying, uh, assessments are really used when you want to evaluate if a company's practices align with best practices and measuring them against the NIST framework, for example, or some of the other frameworks that are out there. It basically is comparing your current position to what a goal might be. And then how are you doing against that standard? It might be evaluating the maturity of your organization, that type of thing. And it then, through that process, finds the weaknesses and vulnerabilities so you can take corrective action and help better manage the risk. That's slightly different than a vulnerability assessment, which is not the same thing as a risk assessment. A vulnerability assessment is a weakness in a system or an application. So it's a subset of evaluations that are done that we want to look at the weakness in the system or the application that could potentially be exploited by a bad actor. Sometimes we use security tests like penetration testing. That is where um, you know, a network is subjected to attack methods by the tester. We're going in and actually trying to see whether or not if I were the attacker, could I get in or not? It might involve some kind of um, uh, social engineering in the sense of um, the tester might try and get into the CEO's office of a secure facility. You know, that might be an example of a type of penetration testing that's done on a physical capability versus a, a electronic. So there's a couple of different tools. And um, what I would say is whether you're talking about doing an audit um, using an accounting firm or consultants, and by the way, consultants range from cybersecurity firms such as mine to law firms do assessments. You know, there are online assessments people can take, you know, free online assessments. You know, like anything else in this world, you get what you pay for. If it's uh, a free online assessment, chances are it's not deep enough for you to really get meaningful feedback. So working with people who have expertise in this area, given the diverse things that are going on in this uh, sector is really, really valuable. So I, I hope that helps your listeners a little bit try to figure out what's the right, what's the right one I want to start with. If you're just starting out, then probably a risk assessment is the right way to go. If you have a client that needs you to verify that you're following a certain thing, if you're a manufacturer or what have you, that you're following a certain standard, then an audit might be a better, better approach. So that gives you a kind of an array of what's out there. Well, that's really helpful. It's a great amount of information, and I'm sure the listeners are going to really appreciate it. How can they get links to materials or additional information from you? We are planning on including links in the show notes. Is there any other information you'd like to provide to listeners about how to navigate through finding materials online? Yeah, I, I would welcome your listeners to reach out to me via email or through my LinkedIn page with questions that they have, and I will be happy to share links. We 
have, um, you know, a huge library of uh, material based on different aspects of this whole ecosystem, as I like to call it. So if you're interested in the cyber crime element or you're interested in the, the business loss, you certainly can reach out to me. And I will share some links for your listeners on, on your page. I'd also like to make sort of a, a thought about that the balance here is really an argument in favor of prevention versus the cost of dealing with an event once it occurs. And as humans, we, you know, we, we like to listen to prevention. We don't always go to the doctor and get our physical done every year. You know, we have best intentions to lose that weight, you know, at Christmas time to New Year's. What this is a, really trying to talk about in this session and the, the previous sessions that I've done with you is to try and make the argument as to why prevention is so important and valuable to a company and to us as individuals that the costs associated with not having good prevention in place are high and that it's, you know, it, it's a painful process to go through if you, if you do get breached, both personally as well as um, from a business standpoint. So, you know, short-term versus long-term benefits, I guess, is what I would say, and that's really important. So happy to send um, uh, information to your listeners on parts of this conversation that we've had, and we'll provide some links to you for your homepage. Libby, you've been so helpful, and I've really enjoyed our time together. Where can our listeners find you? Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn under my profile, Libby Bennett, or you can reach me at L Bennett, which is L-B-E-N-E-T, one N, one T, at assured.enterprises. Thanks so much, Libby. We really appreciate your time, and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Great. Thanks so much, Christina, and thank you so much for your listeners. We really appreciated the time that we could share with you today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion with Libby Bennett about cybersecurity and ways to combat these issues. I am your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.